You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Alrighty, we are in here. The earliest episode yet of Broncos for Breakfast, 6.30 a.m. my time, but 7.30 mountain time. Uh, I know it said... Uh, it was going to go on at 8 here. I don't know the Twitter said that as well, but Chad knew. Um, and we let you guys know that uh, it was going to be 7.30 today and probably 7.30 going forward. We'll see how this goes. Obviously, it'll be an adjustment, but uh, things are getting busier on my end as well. So uh, having to push this a little earlier to get everything in, which is okay with me, man. I'm, I'm up at 3 a.m. to start driving to a hiking trail on the weekend. So, que uh, Welcome in, Scott. How are you doing? Good. I'm usually up between one and three to pee for the first or second time of the night. So <laughs> I'm not usually me, up too, but I'm going back to bed. No, uh, no, I'm not a, me. I'm a six to six thirty type typically. So yeah. Um, this is uh, this is actually mid morning to me. Yeah, you're already at uh, ten thirty there. Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Yeah. Nine thirty. Okay. Well, there we go. And we got uh, James Holloway. Speaking of uh, early, first, since James Holloway, welcome in. Dave Glassman, you were right. You were right, Dave. Don't question yourself. I thought we were starting a half an hour early today. And cheers with the orange heart and blue heart. You are 100% correct. And uh, we also got Tim Durr in the house saying, morning, fellas. Good to see you. Good to see you as well, Tim. I uh, hope you're doing well. Yeah, guys, this is the Broncos for Breakfast show. Uh, we're coming at you live every Tuesday and Thursday with, with training camp. Like Rookies reporting for training camp today i think gosh uh so things are really starting to happen here which is great uh you guys can follow us on twitter at huddle up pod as well as at mile high huddle also you can follow scott and myself at nick kendall mhh for myself and scott at scout kennedy uh, if you guys zoom in there it's not s-c-o-t-t s-c-o-u-t scout kennedy there um also if you guys are joining us today on facebook please click the thumbs up i just saw a few Come in there. We got Millie Thomas Custer coming in, Tammy Nugent, uh, Albie Kiding or Kiderling. Kiderling. Hopefully I nailed that for you. That's that sounds German. I, my my answer is probably rolling in their graves. Uh, Kiderling coming in there. Uh, another one. Now we got a heart coming in from Greg Smith. Good to see you, Greg. As a uh, Scott likes to say, Aloha. Aloha. Um, he'll be in here soon. I'm sure in the comments section. If you guys are joining us today on Facebook, again, thanks for clicking the thumbs up and everything. Also, make sure you click uh, go to Facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle uh join the conversation there uh if you guys are sick of the quarterback talk if you want to talk about the second string third string tight end start a conversation there there's people in there that probably feel the same as you and would love to contribute and we'd love to hear what you have to say on that if you guys are joining us on youtube today please subscribe like and share it's probably the number one way that you guys can support the show and with training camp i mean just upon us preseason upon us uh, if you guys can go out there at a call to action, subscribe, like, and share this show on YouTube, on your social media platforms via the YouTube link that can help us more than pretty much anything else you can do. Uh, so please go out there and do that. If you enjoy the content and leave a comment also on uh, iTunes, YouTube, wherever, let us know what you're thinking. Um, while you guys are over on YouTube also, please make sure you go to Scott's channel as well. I'm going to drop it here in the comment section. I'm going to pull it up for you guys. Uh, but, but there it goes. If you click that link, it'll take you to Scott's channel, and uh, he's got a lot going on there. I know that he's got some uh, new content coming down the track. Scott, what, what's in the what's in the chamber? What's about to be starting, fired off? Starting next week as camp comes, I'm going to start getting getting busy, doing some live stuff, doing some Atlanta Falcon stuff, doing some NFL draft stuff, doing some fantasy stuff. Mm. So, and and basically, anytime I'm on, I'll talk I'll talk on a lot of that stuff just because I can't help myself. Um, I'll start talking about draft and fantasy pretty much in any live video I do. And I'm, I'm also going to start posting some, uh, some recruiting videos again. Those, uh, those just, those are nice evergreen content. And as those kids make news, people start popping up Walter Nolan, uh, number one defensive tackle, five-star guy who we'll talk about here before too long on this show, uh, you know, in three years or so, um, just moved high school. So all of a sudden it was popping on my channels and anybody, you you put a comment in my channel. I'm I'm gonna respond to you if there's a if there's a question or a call to action there. I'm I'm gonna interact. So um, had some last week talking a little talking a little international football it was fun, but uh, next week it's gonna start getting busy. Gonna start getting yeah. busy. Yep, I feel that man. August is gonna be just an incredibly busy month. But uh, 
That's okay, man. Better busy than bored. Uh, we got Andrew Morrow coming in with the $2 super over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Andrew. You are always such a consistent, consistently generous contributor. So we appreciate you. Uh, and he says, morning, gentlemen. Well, good morning to you, Andrew. Thank you for joining us in half an hour earlier. Um, Greg Smith. Go ahead, Scott. Aloha. There we go. <laughs> good to see you, Greg. Yeah, he threw in the coffee uh, mug this time. So uh, yeah, good to see you, Greg. Mine's hot out of the press, so I'm still trying to cool mine off. I'll probably... If you see me sweating here in a little bit, it's because my AC in my basement still isn't working. And I'm drinking hot coffee. So it's 79 in here right now. It'll be 83 here by the time we get done. Ugh. How do you feel about uh, iced coffee? You know, Please. I was going to ask you how to do that. I mean, it just seems like it would just melt it, melt the ice. Then you just have watered down coffee. So I need to know how to do that I, I, or a cold brew. I've read how to do that, but uh, I'd be interested in iced coffee. So I just, I like, you know, coffee ice cream is one of my favorites. Jamocha, mm, uh, Jamocha shakes from Arby's. Those yes. are the best. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not above cold coffee for sure. My wife has a carafe that she puts the grounds in. It's kind of just a cylinder and she pours the water in it, leaves it in there for 16 to 24 hours and then has cold brew coffee for the next two, three days. So, uh, it's obviously not as instant as the drip coffee, but, uh, it's really good. And on a hot day in the summer, man, I, I don't touch it as much. As I am about food. I don't mind putting a little time into my coffee. You know, me, it's like, you know, I, I won't walk craft. across the street to, to go eat. You know, I'm going to the pantry and I'm grabbing a peanut butter and jelly or having a bowl of cereal. I just, I just want food. I don't. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you must not like eating. I'm like, no, no, I love eating. I'm not picky. Just make sure there's plenty of it. Yeah. <laughs> the quantity. Quantity yeah, argument I, over here. If I walk into a restaurant and they start talking about presentation, I'm in the wrong damn place. Ah, man. Sometimes that's fun, but uh, they're probably not giving you the quantity you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, what a lovely presentation. It's food. Give me a big bowl of spaghetti. I'm good. <laughs> uh, sp speaking about being good, Jeremy Sean coming in here. Good morning, fellas. Mr. Kirk Cousins, maybe a little sleeper there in Vikings country this year. We'll see. I feel like there may be an NFC dark horse. Uh, Tim Durr, my God, can we stop talking about Rodgers at least for the season? LOL. No, because now we have to start talking about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> and also what does it mean for 2022? Um, a lot of football left to be played, though, but uh, at least for now, I think put a cap on it, which is fine. Um, Benjamin Flores, good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Ben, over on Facebook. Thank you for everybody who also clicked the thumbs up, the heart react, the like react um, since uh, with that call to action there over on Facebook. Uh, Broncos for breakfast, yeehaw, from Arizona, says U.S. Dave. We got Huevos Rancheros, Nick and Scott, and Broncos for breakfast. So good. Hopefully well, I pronounced that correctly. you being on my channel last week. I enjoyed enjoyed having uh, some soccer conversation with you. There you go. Awesome. That's that's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, and finally, Ms. Mr. Sir McLovin over on Twitch, our one of our most loyal Twitch listeners, saying good morning, fellas. Uh, let's rock and roll. So, Scott, you had the uh, idea for today's kickoff topic. Um, and I know there's all the quarterback stuff going on, but uh, let's give everybody a little bit of a reprieve <laughs> from that. And uh, let's talk a little Patrick Sertan. Well, you know, this is one of those uh, third-party validation things. You know, mm -hmm. when, when I first came on, who did I say I thought the, Fal the Falcons, uh, the, the Broncos should draft? Who was the first guy in that spot that I Sir mentioned? Jim. You mentioned Sertan. Patrick Sertan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not that it means really anything, but... Madden came out and he's they've got him as the fourth highest rated rookie, period. Um, and uh, number one was Kyle Pitts, number two, Trevor Lawrence, number three, Jalen Waddell, number four, Patrick Sertan. Um, and we have we've had this discussion a lot about you know why is he a, a good fit for this a good fit for this defense or not? And you know, and, and like I said, it's like general managers don't necessarily think that way. Uh, coaches will, but that's why coaches can't be general managers because they're thinking the right now. And in my opinion, Patrick Sertan was the best overall cornerback in this draft. And that's what general managers are looking for. It's like, okay, we need a corner. I'm going to go get the best guy. Even if he's not 100% the right fit for this defensive coordinator in this defense, my first round pick, I'm drafting for the next decade. That's the guy I'm going to have that for the next decade. And I don't want to have a guy... I want a guy that's going to be versatile enough to play in any defense for any type of scheme and use him. And I think Patrick Sertan's that guy. So uh, I uh, I wasn't completely surprised to see him that high. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at the top 10, top 10 rookies, he's the only corner on it. And good for him. 
Yeah, this makes me wonder how the uh, Carolina Panthers fans are feeling today uh, with the first cornerback off the board of the pick before Patrick Sertan in J.C. Horn, not listed in the top 10. And you listed Kyle Pitts, 84, Trevor Lawrence, 78, Jalen Waddle, 76, Patrick Sertan. So Patrick Sertan's actually tied for third, 76 as well. That's right. Um, That's right. Yep. Zach Wilson, 75, Jamar Chase, 75, Devonta Smith, 75, Trey Lance, 74. That's very high for Trey Lance, uh, even though, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan, but uh, that's pretty high. And then Justin Fields at 74. Sorry to pick that scab, guys. So uh, I think the biggest interesting one there is, uh, A, your boy, Micah Parsons, did not make the cut, as well as uh, J.C. Horn, um, the first cornerback taken. You think just because he was taken before Patrick Sertan, they would have tossed him in there, just tossed him a yeah, bone. There's, but, uh, there's a lot of... Uh... I don't know echo chamber that goes Semantics. on. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of the echo chamber that goes on. It's like oh well they must they like him he must be good and yeah. you know I, I saw it all the time in recruiting rankings and it's like oh you know well so and so offered him I'm like it doesn't make him a better player you know so he got drafted in this spot that doesn't mean he's he's better. Yeah. Um, would Mac Jones have gotten a higher rating if he went third? Yes, <laughs> yes he would have. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I think Trey Lance got the benefit of that doubt um, coming in at, you know, 74 tied with Justin Fields. And, you know, speaking of when you mentioned my boy, my other my other guy on that list is, is was Penny Sewell. You know how high I was on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was who I, I said that if the Falcons didn't go quarterback, that was your building block of the future. I think he's a, a future all pro longtime all pro yeah. uh, left tackle in this league and, and position of need. It made a lot more sense to go left tackle than another receiver at the four spot. So a uh, big fan of those guys. Like I said, this was an exciting draft. Mm-hmm. They go nine deep here, I think. And we're talking about guys, you know, Micah Parsons, JC Horn, um, you know, impact guys that we expect to have big impact that aren't even on this list. Yeah. I'm a little surprised. Um, Jamar Chase wasn't a little higher, to be honest with you. Yeah. Of, I of the guys that are on here that could be a little higher. Jamar Chase was, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts were thought of to be the two best position players in this draft. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle Pitts got that nod at 81, um, but Jamar Chase is all the way down at 75. And frankly, it's not completely fair to the rookies in a sense. When you go and sort by position when all the rankings are out, it's going to take you a long time to get down to 75. And I guarantee you, you wouldn't go through 40 receivers before you pick Jamar Chase in the real world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point as well. And obviously, you got all four of the top four rookie quarterbacks in there also. So those are the, those are four guys I liked a lot last year. And uh, Madden's saying they're high. So talking about that echo chamber or uh, what is it? Uh, confirmation bias yeah, <laughs> on that. That's end. probably a better better phrase for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, watching, just, just looking at you on, on screen. Uh, I wanted our, our listeners, or wouldn't be our listeners, our watchers. Can you tell who lives in the Pacific Northwest and who lives in the South based on our, our skin tone here? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably my light. I can probably get a little bit. There we go. Um, but uh, there we go. Oh, maybe a little more color. I'll probably be red. Um, yeah, I was gonna say my face is getting red because I'll be hot. My cheeks will be flushed by the end of the by the end of the segment. I will be red because of the backpacking trip or I'll just be one giant bug bite. Um, but, uh, you know, what can you do? Karaoke Chris coming in. Morning, gents. Good morning to you, Karaoke Chris. How you doing? Uh, Peter Middleton. How you doing, buddy? Uh, he says, hey, Nick and Scott. Hello to you, Peter. Over in Cambodia. I always mix up with Cambodia or Vietnam. I think it's Cambodia. Um, Tim Durr in the house. To your point, Scott, probably why we passed on fields. Um, I, if Scott was on the general point, because I saw that come up. Was it the point about the the fit? Um, you know, having the, the best player available. So that was, I, I made several points. So um, for me, or or is it because of how you like Sertan for the next 10 years? That was probably the one that made the most sense. Passed on fields because of Sertan, not because of anything lacking in fields. That was probably it. There we go. And uh, Tim Durr, if uh, Scott was in the general manager chair, he would have been a Falcon if he was for the Falcons, or he would have been a Bronco. We both really liked fields and, Thought he was worth that swing, but uh, like I said, if I was in the general manager chair, Justin Fields would have been a jet. Yeah, the second quarterback. I would have taken him. I would have taken him number two. Yep, but uh, we'll find out. I mean, full transparency, right? You can't predict the future. I liked Josh Rosen coming out. I thought he kind of trying that Peyton Manning mold, mold smart, accurate, can move around the pocket pretty well. Tennis player, you know. I was like, oh, okay, well, I know he has some 
off the field stuff going on here as far as like how interested he is. But I thought yeah, that, that, was, that was the big question with him. Is yeah. he, he was not a football junkie. Nope. You know, he was uh, a guy who was good at football. Um, he had a little bit and, and he grew up a lot. Um, watching him, the knock on him coming out of high school um, was that he was just aloof, you know, tennis mm-hmm. player. Um, not necessarily, a, you know, an ass, but just not necessarily a team player either. And then I went and uh, I watched a, a camp that he was in and he was completely mentoring his backup quarterback when they were at a seven on seven. And he really grew up and grew in that position. I was, I was very, I hate to say proud because he didn't care what I think. But, you yeah. know, when you're watching a 17 year old kid and you're in your 30s and you see them grow up, you're like, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the way he, he, he elevated his game and, and matured. Yeah. Um, and it was the the other one at the same time that we were asking about uh, that had the, the real problems. Malik Henry, if you remember that name, that was the one he was at Westlake and transferred to IMG. And he's maybe the most unfortunate personality I've ever scouted mm. at the uh, at the quarterback position. So he didn't make it. <laughs> he, he didn't make it. But Josh, Josh, the question around Josh was, you know, does does he love this game? You know, uh, yeah. not like Peyton. You know, Peyton was a junkie. Peyton was yeah. a savant. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna keep talking there for a second. Oh, hi, well, I got my dip. I know I, I caught you. I caught you there. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, again full transparency. I would have probably taken Josh Rosen in that draft and would have been bad. But I also probably would have taken Kyler Murray that very next year because I'm very much of the uh, opinion that you swing away and keep swinging. So uh, here we are, U.S. Dave, feeling jilted. Who is our leader to point to? To point to the point we can tell Rodgers to take a hike next year and what happens on the field today. Um, I don't think you probably tell Rodgers take a hike next year unless Drew Locke becomes a top 10 quarterback this season. Um, so, which, you know, anything can happen. So uh, I guess that's a possibility. Um, but uh, I don't think to the point where you tell Rodgers take a hike. Um, and I think Rodgers, if he had full power, he would not be a Packer right now. He just, he had a contract. So All right, help, help me out here. I've just read the headlines. Is what, is he free to go as a free agent next year? Or did it get reworked, or would it still take a trade? Um, but because I think I saw something about he he would waive his no trade clause. Well, obviously, yeah. Um, if he's if he's trying to get a move, I thought I saw that uh, he wouldn't technically be a free agent until after twenty twenty two. But uh, they promised to trade him if uh, he still wants to be traded after this op- next off season. So uh, that's that's what I tried to interpret from Adam Schefter's tweets yesterday. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I'm sure there'll be more that'll transpire. Mike Gibbons in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Um, and also, okay, USDA, what happens on the field today? Hopefully everyone stays healthy and there are no injuries. Other than that, you know, okay. Like like to hear the, some of the rookies standing out, whatever, yeah, but let's, no let's injuries. Get some reps. Let's get comfortable. The new guys comfortable is in the new system, and let's, let's, let's be healthy. Yeah, exactly. Peter coming in on YouTube this time, logged in for double likes, um, and he's out in Cambodia, so there we go. Jeremy saying, I base Nick's location on the new facial hair. It's not, I don't know if it's new. It's just maybe just a... Maybe I'm getting older. You know, this I'm a see, I'm becoming a grizzled vet. Um, I can't grow it. Pushing you can't grow old, it. I can't grow. I can't grow facial hair to save oh, my man. life. So uh, I don't. I'm thinking about the mountain mustache. The the wife says the mountain mustaches are horrible, but um, just for the backpacking trip, just to have the mountain mustache, just a teaser. Do you know, um, do you know who Tex Cobb is? He was a uh, Randall Tex Cobb. He he played football for a long time. Was an actor. Yes. Um, he had the great Fu Manchu. I mean, yes. just world class. Uh, I don't know if I could do that, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. Um, Des, come in and good morning, everyone. Go Broncos. Tim Durr, yes, and the coaching staff may not be here next year. Good point. Um, Albie coming in over 50 years for Denver Broncos. Well, Albie, uh, you've been here for the good and the bad, but a lot of good in those years. I mean, gosh, getting to watch the career of John Elway and then the blip, but still great. Four years of... Uh, Peyton Manning, Albie knows what good quarterback looks like and uh, what that means for a team. Um, so we got Michael coming in here, says if Locke doesn't stink, he will be top 15. Um, so he's either great or bad. Is that what Michael's saying? Awesome. You know, you know what would be awesome, Nick? Hmm. If Locke had such a good season that his haters just said he was a product of the system. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he's still not any good. It was just a, he was just a good system. Great. I don't care. Yeah. No. I don't care. I just want the productivity. Uh, Robert asked, are you familiar with Stamford Bridge? Uh, I've been several times, including the tour. I took this picture, uh, this one behind me. I actually, I took this picture. So this is my photo of Stamford Bridge. Uh, and I've been to 
three games there, I think. Three games there. Hmm. Jealous. That's uh, that'd be a fun one. I, I wish uh, the NFL had more like the the local feel, like the neighborhood feel around those stadiums, and like the oh, chance and what franchises. You know, yeah. it's tough. You know, the, the the Marxist model of the American sports makes it tough to have a community feel to it. I mean, gosh, we're losing that in college football too. It seems coming up here, but uh, uh, what can you do? Maybe the, the Hawks will keep that. The Iowa Hawkeyes, for uh, for those of you unfamiliar out there. Um, let me see. We got Dave Glassman saying he's with you, Scott Beardless. Michael's in the house. Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott from Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we got Mo Ron coming in. Dang, forgot you guys started early. And uh, Michael with the stars, I believe, probably. So uh, thank you very much, Michael. Hey, Gary, uh, I haven't seen Gary yet today. Gary to confirm. Yeah, where is Gary? Gary, hopefully you are. Uh, I guess maybe he missed the memo that uh, we are starting early. Um, but Scott, I'm going to pull up this uh, Twitter. Oop, that's the wrong one. I had it right here. I swear to God. Da, 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 da. Okay, there it is. Top 10 Ed Rushers in Madden NFL 22. Um, wanted to make sure you guys could see that before we get out of here. Or move on to the next topic. Miles Garrett, number one. And I got to say, I emphatically agree. I think Miles Garrett is probably the second most valuable defensive player in football this season, only behind Aaron Donald. Uh, he's a freak. Um, and my God, I think he's going to explode this season, especially with the the way the Browns attack the secondary. Khalil Mack at 96, still really good. TJ Watt, 94, that's fine. Chandler Jones, 94, JJ Watt, 94. Then you got Von Miller tied with Cameron Jordan, two t- different types of edge rushers, but still. Yeah, 93. Cam's a big, you know, 3-4 defensive end type. Yeah. He's, he's huge. Same draft, man. That 2011 draft was absolutely insane. Um, then you got Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa and Darius Smith. So uh, any thoughts on the edge rushers here? Uh, Von Miller being 93. That's uh, that's pretty good for the Broncos. Who's the youngest of that bunch? You know, who's uh, who, is there is there anybody on that list that's up and up and coming? Uh, the, the younger, the Bosa. I still don't know. can't think of who's who. It's Miles uh, Garrett. The, younger, might be the, the Bosa has to be pretty young. It's either Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa. Yeah. And Miles has been around a while. Yeah, but he's was like it's only like one year before Nick Bosa. 25 years old for Miles Garrett. So there's room for advancement, you're saying, for, for some of the younger guys to step up and, and, and move into this list. Nick Bosa, 93. Or 23. Um, so, and then TJ Watt, I guess, would be another one that's decently young. I saw, I saw, I went up to the big house and watched Wisconsin and Michigan and saw JJ Watt play. He was awesome. Just, just awesome. <laughs> and I don't, he didn't get drafted that high either, did he? J.J. Watt, I think he went 11th overall or 9th overall. Okay. So uh, decently high. Where, which, which, is not, which isn't too disrespectful, but, you know. Yeah. He's a guy that should have been top five. He didn't he only have really one year of production. I don't know. Well, I saw one game. I was like, that guy's a man. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was convinced. I'm like, that is a grown-ass man out there playing against Michigan. Because I was at the big house and I was on the field that game. And, uh, you know, I didn't know much about him. And, um, you know, he wasn't a, what a, wasn't a big name recruit coming out. So, but Miles Garrett, I knew all about, I got a video floating around somewhere of me saying the reasons why he is the number one defensive end and maybe prospect in the country that year. I knew all about Miles Garrett coming out and the Bosa boys coming out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. They were, they were, they've been big time for a long time as well. Yeah. So looking at this edge rusher list, uh, any thoughts on Von Miller specifically? My thoughts are, well, Von Miller's still great. I don't know if he should be. 93 overall coming off an injury with his age, but knowing Madden, they really have a, a bias towards established longtime players. So like, you'll see players like, especially in like free agency in Madden, they'll be like, Oh, this guy's not signed with anybody because he's washed. Um, but he's an 85 overall. So like he gets snapped up by all the simulations yeah. immediately. EA Sports is like that. And in, in FIFA too, you're like, man, I wish we had this player. You know, you look at his, his numbers. He's an 84. It's like, man, that'd be amazing. This guy yeah. sucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying Von Miller's like that, but I, I think you're right. There's a once they hit that 98 or 99, it's kind of a slow burn to come mm-hmm. down. Where in in the real world, the drop off's a little steeper. Um, and it's it's, a, it's almost a sign of respect. I'm okay. Yeah. It's a video game. You know, it's 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 still a video game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think there's too many people right now that would would take uh, Von Miller over the, the the Bosa brothers if they were playing a game tomorrow. Um, yeah. But that's okay. If, I'm hoping, you know, get get a 93 out of Von Miller, and we're going to have some fun this year on defense. And he's going to have some fun with that next contract. Uh, <laughs> so uh, best, you know, best wishes to Von Miller there. 93, I probably would have put him at about a 90 this year. 
Um, anybody that in edge, probably one of my favorite positions here, anybody that you feel is uh, missing. So we let's answer uh, Peter Middleton here. Who's the most surprising on this list and uh, also enjoy the stars. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. Um, surprising on the list for me, I guess, is Von Miller being <laughs> a 93 after coming off the injury and the season before where his sack total was lower. I mean, again, I've told you guys that sacks are not really the end all be all for evaluating edge rusher, but we're talking about a video game here. So seeing Von Miller still that high is a little surprising, um, to me. So I'm, I'm happy about it. God. And I'm hoping that he earns it higher, but uh, anybody surprise you here? No, I mean, maybe if, when I look at Chandler Jones's numbers, maybe that it's that low. Um, but mm. Chandler Jones has got to play for a team that people watch. I, I, I couldn't have told you who Chandler Jones was, to be honest with you. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl. I've got no reason to watch the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, so I, I look him up real quick, and I'm, and he's got eye-popping numbers. He's been incredible. You know, yep. his, his 2020 uh, year was, was kind, of a, kind of a bust, you know, five games, five starts. But we'll forget about that one. But he had 19 sacks the year before that. Yeah. You know, let's see, 32, you know, 50 sacks in the previous three years. Good Lord. Yeah, he needs to go play somewhere that people actually give a hill of beans about. <laughs> well, there was a Patriot there for a little bit, so uh, he, people knew him uh, then, but mm-hmm. he traded him off. Probably one of the lesser trades from uh, Bill Belichick out there. Uh, yeah, so, six years ago. I mean, last time he played there was 2015. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is nice to see Zadarius Smith get some credit here. Um, where do you think Bradley Chubb would be? Put it on your evaluator hat. Bradley Chubb is one who's not on here. Uh, where would he be on this listing? Where do you think he's too far down from there? You know, a a pro bowler at outside linebacker, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be between 86 and 88. That's exactly what I was thinking. 86 and 88. Um, and for my, for my money, the biggest oversight here is, uh, you talk about Chandler Jones being the most underrated edge rusher. He's up there. I feel like he's been getting more credit recently. Um, now I'd say the most underrated edge rusher is uh, Daniel Hunter uh, for the Vikings freak uh, youngest. I think the youngest player ever to like 50 sacks career sacks. Um, so uh, he's one. I know he had an injury last year, but I'm expecting big things from uh, Daniel Hunter this season. He was a third round pick, um, but man, he always had incredible tools and it clicked for him in the league. So big fan of Daniel Jones or Daniel Hunter. He's one that should be on this list in my opinion. And we got us Dave saying, where's Shaq Shaquille Barrett. Um, Good question. I'm guessing he'll be probably anywhere from that 86 to 88 range where Bradley Chubb is as well. Shaquille Barrett's very good. Um, I do not think he is a uh, alpha pass rusher, despite that sack totally had his first here at a Tampa Bay where he's on a torrent pace. Um, I feel like for that uh, defense, Vita Vea is the straw that stirs the drink for that defensive front. He just dominates and creates gaps and uh, everybody feeds off that. And I like uh, McLovin's comment here. He says, honestly, I don't think Chubb is worth top 10 edge money, but oh, well. Uh, he might not be, you know, he's got a contract coming up, so it'll be up to him to prove that he is. That's a, that's a nice thing. This is, you know, we talked about this on a, on a previous pod. Uh, there's the guys that are, have something to prove, have competition behind them. That's inspiring for both of them, you know, for, for the player who says, okay, I've got a, I, I want this job when he's gone or I can beat him out this year. And the next guy's saying, I'm playing for a new contract. So that's motivation across the board. Again, uh, 19th general manager front office from, from those rankings, the future rankings that we yeah. see ESPN. Every time I mention something about this team, there's always a positive that has to do with the way it's structured. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, this is not, this front office has done an amazing job with this team. Yep. It's a, uh, that's what, I mean, in that ranking, because the rankings are what they are, but the nuance to it was, yeah, this is great, but the quarterback, but the position. quarterback, yep, yeah, we get it. We, yep. we get it. You know, if they had drafted a quarterback with this draft, would you have would you have moved them from nineteen to five, where they probably belong? Jesus. Honestly, they might have. Uh, but uh, we got Mc, Mr. Sir McLovin coming in. Chubb is great, but not elite. Um, how many guys are elite then? Right? Like, where's that cutoff? Um, he's going to get paid. He's young. Uh, top five. Five is well, elite. Top five. Well, then there are not many elite options out there, uh, elite, even on that list. Exclusive for a reason. Yeah. So. Uh, it's fine that he's not elite. He will get paid like he's elite though, because it's not about who is the best. It's about who's next. That's just the way it works cyclical. And then two years into that deal, it'll be a bargain because 10 more guys will have gotten paid by that point. I think yeah, the biggest thing, is, sign, especially in football, you know, they sign it or maybe not in football because they can hold out and redo it. Um, you know, when they don't have, when they didn't have the guaranteed money as much, but you know, in baseball and basketball, these guys sign these 
six-year deals, making them top five paid. And by year four, they're pissed because they're number 50 on the list. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, respected. Think... You sign a contract, you idiot. Yep. That's a... Uh... Sign a one-year deal. Bet on yourself. <laughs> that's that's reality of that's the reality of it. I think for Chubb, also, it's not about how much he gets paid; it's when he gets paid. And if the Broncos were smart and f- had some foresight, now there's a little bit of risk to this because of the injuries and whatnot. But you want to pay Bradley Chubb before Miles Garrett cashes in, because that's going to be the difference of honestly. I think that could be the difference of five to seven million a year on Chubb's contract because I think Miles Garrett is going to get paid that much and it's going to completely uh, shift the market towards bigger contracts for that edge rushing position. And then Chubb and his agent are going to point to that deal and say, and listen, we think we're as good as Miles Garrett. Pay us that money. He's not, he's very good, but he's not Miles Garrett. So um, don't be like the Cowboys kind of twiddling their thumbs with uh, Dak Prescott and ending up having to pay like 10 to 15 more per season. Uh, get Chubb locked up now. Yeah. I'm interested to see where, uh, so would Miles be on the end of his rookie deal? I usually have uh, spot rack posted up already when we're doing these things. So I'll look him up. And uh, Miles has been, this is his fifth year in the league. So he's been around a little bit. This is his fifth year. So he's on the, he's playing on his fifth. I think he's playing on his fifth year uh, option. So, yep, I would lock up Chubb. I know you have two years left of control, but uh, get her done. <laughs> because you do not want to do it after Miles Garrett gets paid. Also, I don't think you want to do it after TJ Watt gets paid. Also, I think that's another guy who's on the fifth year of his contract. I think, I think that would be a pretty amazing sign if the if he resigned with the Browns because the Browns don't keep those guys. Mm. They they just never have. They they've never been a franchise worthy of resigning with if you are that level of player. So that would be an amazing sign for Cleveland and the community if they, if they were able to resign uh, Miles Garrett. Yep. No, absolutely. That would be. Uh, they also had the franchise tag in their back pocket that they could use That's twice. So, which I think is, uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't mind that they can do it once, but when you can do it two times and have a player under contract for seven years of their career, first round pick like Brandon Scherf, who has never even hit the free agent market and he's about to be thirty years old, that's when I have an issue. Um, that's unfair, and that's just me because I love Scherf. Used to see him walking around my grocery store when I was in Iowa. Uh, Mo Ron coming in here. Cleo Mack was tied for 14th in sacks last season with guys like Brian Burns, Montez Sweat, Olivier Werner, Devin White, and Emmanuel Ogba. Um, yeah, uh, Cleo Mack had a poor season last year. That's uh, is what it is. He also had an amazing season the year before that. I think defensive player of the year, maybe, with that Bears. Maybe that was two years ago. Um, so he'll get up there still. I'm willing um, to write off 2020 a little bit for people. It was just mm-hmm. such a strange year for everybody. Um, you know, I know we like to hyper intensify the scrutiny we put on drew lock, but it was a weird year. Yeah. You know, the motivation factor for people's different, the, the, where their heads are as far as, you know, their, their concentration and focus. It's just a, it's just a strange season. Yeah. It was a strange season indeed, but, uh, still it's what we have to go off of. Um, Robert Rubo coming in here, uh, Mount Rushmore of Broncos, Ed rushers, all, time oh man so robert i have a question for you I, mean, I just looked up miles's numbers on on spot rack and i think he signed an extension did he already do that? the way this looks is a five-year 125 million dollar contract he didn't get that as a number one overall um and this has him under team control until 2026 well then he definitely signed a contract yeah <laughs> uh the, the play- yeah yeah he did it started in 2020 so before last season he signed an extension okay well uh there's the market man. He's he, talk about holding out. That's somebody who probably will um, need a new contract after this season. I bet you he will be demanding it. And I remember that now. Yeah, well, a lot of maybe people not because it is hundred million guaranteed. Yeah, you know you don't you don't. It's like it, it's been a pet peeve of mine, and the, the the media plays along with it about guys that hold out. Well, he's under contract. Well, so are the ten guys that just got waived. You know, a contract is a series of one year deals with club options. That's all they are. Yeah. Um. So, but. Until you guarantee him. Now he's got a hundred million dollars guaranteed out of one twenty-five. Yeah. You better not hold out on that. <laughs> you know, you can start pushing for a trade or whatnot, but you know, once you start signing guaranteed contracts, your ass better be in camp. Absolutely. And uh got Mo Ron saying, where's Malik Reed? He had more sacks than Chubb last season. Um Malik Reed's probably gonna be like uh seventy-six, probably. That's a average starter rating, I would say, in Madden. So um uh, that's I, probably play I haven't played in years. 
So I, they said they fixed in fantasy football to catch up on all the stuff you kids are doing. All the hip young ones. Um, I played '92 Madden. That's how. That's how old. That's how old that franchise is. I played '92 Madden on wow. my Sega. What pick? What pixels did you like? What team? The little black and red ones for the I was. Uh, I played with the Chiefs because they the had. Uh, they oh, had Barry wow. Ward and Christian Okoye, and then they and I liked running the ball. And then they had one really fast guy that you could get behind the defense. So I always played with the Chiefs on '92 Madden. Well, woof. Um, Robert coming in here says Mount Rushmore Broncos edge rushers all time. Um, it's going to be hard for me because I don't remember football before really 2003, right? Like I was pretty young at that point. Um, but putting on my historical hat here, just knowing what I've heard, uh, Tombstone Jackson, US Dave's correct here. Uh, Simon Fletcher, Von Miller, and he says Ruan maybe. Um, I'll probably throw in though, just somebody I saw was uh, Elvis Doomerville. Um, he was very good there for a little bit. I know that they had the fax gate where he left, but, uh, I think he deserves a shout out um, and I'll put him on there as well. And maybe uh, Chubb can displace him, but we'll see. Uh, Shane Daniels come in uh, morning, Nick and Scott ready for training camp. Absolutely. And we do have something we want to talk about with the training camp here in a second. Um, Tim Durst, you know, like Tecmo bowl. And um, here we go. USDA, a lot of momentarily forgotten names, Mo. So that's true. Do you have any uh, Broncos edge memories? Let me catch you right when you're taking a drink. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I mean, I, I one of our first conversations was, was about Carl Mecklenburg and how was he not mm-hmm. in the hall of fame? Um, you know, I, I certainly remember him, but you know, most of the guys I remember, well, I wouldn't say most cause you know, Atwater certainly uh, rings a bell, no pun intended when, when thinking about Broncos of the past, but you know, a lot of it's around John Elway and, uh, and that, that offense that he had. So Mecklenburg was a beast. I think he should probably be in the hall of fame. I'm not sure why mm-hmm. Him and uh, Randy Gratishar. I, I don't remember him as a, an edge rusher, though. So I just remember the impact on the games that he made. So I was I was a kid when he was playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good call on that one. Um, Snow Goose, what a great nickname. And I guess the last thing, the elephant in the room, Broncos news-wise, that we need to talk about is uh, just because this is an opinion show, right? With this personality is whatever. We're telling you what we think, breaking down the game analysis. Um, but the Broncos did place uh, both... Uh, rookies on the sick little bug reserve list um, in Jamar Johnson, safety Jamar Johnson from Indiana and uh, Kerry Vincent Jr. Uh, cornerback from LSU. So both those players, I guess, had a positive test and uh, no idea on their status as far as uh, preventative measures, trying to avoid keywords here, buzzwords. So YouTube algorithm doesn't get mad at us. Um, but uh, both those players are going to be out um, don't know their status. I guess maybe we can uh, suss that uh, when we figure out when those guys can come out of quarantine. Um, but uh, yeah, nope, it's that's a reality. And Broncos are going to be without two of their most intriguing, promising young secondary players in the defensive backfield as uh, rookie training camp opens up. So who was it again? Who who were the two players? Uh, Jamar Johnson, safety out of Indiana, fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., defensive back, slot back out of LSU. Uh, both of them apparently positive and uh, will end up on the reserve list to start off. How long? Any long-term ramifications for this season? Uh, we'll find out. I know Shelby Harris last year missed a lot of time because of it. Uh, so, you know, we'll find out. Uh, they're, obviously, I'm not like worried about you know, for their whole life, but who knows? And it's, it's, it's no worries. no way I can have this conversation without getting us in trouble. No way. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Scott. Well, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's just, that's the news there and we'll see what happens um, coming out of it. Um, but uh, either way, a disappointment and hope those two are healthy and fully ready to go when uh, real t- training camp uh, opens sure up. They will be. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, hopefully no protocol violations. So the Broncos aren't subjecting themselves to draft pick loss or fines. EJ coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Um, I am purple drink coming in saying morning Broncos country. Get your coffee and your joint rolled up. Come on. Come on. Get your purple drink rolled up. How about that? And make it a good one. I don't know. We can probably talk about this easier than we can talk about the other things as a, a, I'm coming up on 24 years sober. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, so I, I never like looked down at anybody that was smoking when or whatever, when I drank the way I drank, but man, I, if I started drinking, I'd drink till I pass out. If I had a joint right now, I'd be asleep for the next 18 hours. So that was, that'd be a nighttime thing for me. I can't do that for breakfast, fellas. Yeah. The, uh, 
what do they what do they say wake and bake <laughs> um, <laughs> i even tried i did it maybe half a dozen times in my life i'm like yeah this feels great i, I gotta go lay down <laughs> <laughs> oh man the uh yeah we got congrats scott good for you scott usa needs more addiction treatment yeah that's a uh, I enjoy my adult adult snack. I don't snacks. even know if it's the treat. We could do a whole conversation on this too. Is the treatment as, as much as the education? You know, we grew up on addiction thinking that, you know, you're not an addict unless you're, you know, sleeping in the basement of your mom's and unemployed or in a ditch or they show people at the very bottom, bottom, bottom end of the spectrum. And you don't have any idea what, you know, functioning addicts, what that means yeah. and how that can lead to, to worse stuff. So I, I think it's as much about education uh, as anything. Cause it's like, how can I be an alcoholic? I make good grades, girlfriend, job. I'm, I'm all good. Yeah. So what if I, you know, can't walk out of my door without at least having a 12 pack in me? So, you know, with social anxiety mess. So I think uh, I think the education is is as important as the the treatment, if not more so. Yeah, and we got uh, Jeremy Sean coming in. Baked for breakfast, a completely different show. You got to work in Broncos there. I always have the munchies. There you go. God, I witnessed. I had a friend in college who partook one time, and I swear to God, he ate ten thousand calories. My like Subway sandwich was gone. Went through one of my bags of chips, ate like ten Nutrigrain bars, then went home and cooked a frozen pizza. And I was like, dude, you are going to be living in the bathroom. I was um, like that until I turned thirty, and then it was because you know I played soccer all the way till I was mid thirties. Um, so you know I couldn't. I was one hundred and fifty pounds at six one, eating ten thousand calories a day, and just you know now I can look at an extra 50 calories and I have to step away from the scale. It's not fair. I've, uh, I kind of had that until I moved out here and now I spend 20 hours a week walking, <laughs> walking with views. Um, so it is, it is what it is. So Scott, before we wrap it up and get on out of here, it is Broncos rookie training camp opening up quarterbacks, uh, just your general thoughts as we open up and what things you are looking for, um, with this team and just uh, this time of year in general. I mean, you can uh, relate it to the Falcons as well. You know, just so what are the with, things that fans should look for? With with the rookie stuff, you know, again, you know, the phrase y'all have heard me use before is I root for me. So who have I talked up a little bit as a possible sleeper in this class? Uh, Seth Williams. You know, I want Seth Williams to come. Here's our Man City guy. I, yeah. I want Seth Williams to come out and just shine. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time for him because, again, he's he's played at Auburn in a non-conventional offense with subpar quarterback play. He's 6'3", 215-ish, can run, catch, competitive, strong. I want to see Seth Williams go out there and grab a job. Uh, I'm also not, you know, in the rotation, not a starter's job, but I want to see what Seth Williams can do. I want to see Javonta Williams. Uh, I want to see what he's going to do in and out of the backfield and how him and Melvin Gordon are going to be interchanged for sure. So those are, and then, you know, the non-rookies again, how healthy are Chubb and Miller going to be? Cause those two healthy and productive on the edge is what makes me love football. It's, you know, those, except I grew up in the eighties when the linebacker position was sexy, you know, and, and those two guys getting after it will be a lot of fun for me to watch. I totally agree with you there. That's, that's probably what I'm most looking forward to this entire season. Um, besides some of these young weapons uh, catching the ball. I mean, I know that was ESPN had the Broncos weapons listed as 17th in the league. So bottom half, but I, and you know, we call BS on some stuff, some of these rankings, but I have not, I, I was personally offended by that one. Cause if you can point to me a team that has a better set of weapons than Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick point to me, 16 teams that have better than that. I, you're a liar. Uh, you're you're wrong. I don't know if you're conflating that to not believing in the quarterback position. Because if you're like doing fantasy rankings, saying they're all good, but the guy getting the ball, you don't trust. Okay, that's different. Fine. That's a yeah, different that's argument. Not, that's not you're rating your weapons, and that's rating the effectiveness of the weapons based on the based on the overall scheme and and talent of the offense, offensive line included. Yep. Um, but that's a different conversation. Again, the futures ranking is a different conversation than my quarterback stinks right now. That's a different conversation. Hundred percent, I agree with you completely. Uh, so shifting it back to the training camp here, somebody that you were very high on, you know, you're rooting for yourself. Um, somebody that I'm really pulling for here that you were very happy about the Broncos getting that you were a big fan of, Seth Williams. Uh, the bottom of this wide receiver chart for the Broncos is deep, and uh, we have Mo Ron coming in here. Oh, actually, first let's get to Man City. Uh, just showing some love from work in Oakland, California. Uh, how is uh, 
How's Raiders country there? Are they, are they sad? Do they still give you a hard time? I wonder what it's yeah, like to have the fallout there. Raiders to me, always. It's got to be uh, got to be a weird place in Oakland to be a fan there still. Maybe a lot of uh, upset fans too. Maybe switching to the uh, 49ers, some Trey Lance love. Uh, hit that like button, says man85 city. Um, <laughs> Scott says no there. Uh, but thank you pick so much. Else before they, they'll pick an out-of-state team before they adopt adopt the 49ers. Maybe there'll be a lot of new Chargers fans. I mean, gosh, that's a team that's Joey Bosa, Justin Herbert, um, beautiful stadium, awesome uniforms. The Chargers would be a good team to pick. I hate they're nomads too. They're San Diego. I can't, yeah. I can't root for them. No. No. Yeah. I, I just who I really like who, who who out west hasn't moved? You go be a Seahawks fan. You know, I, I say you can't be the Cardinals. You know, I like red. I like I like the red and white uniform, but the Cardinals are, you know, they're they they love they're the St. Louis Cardinals. They're not Arizona. You know, so maybe maybe jump on jump on that Seahawk bandwagon. That's a cool, that's a cool mascot. Yeah. No, it is a uh, it is a cool mascot and it's a cool stadium, and they also have awesome uniforms. And uh, you can see the Olympic Mountains from the stadium, so it's uh, it's gorgeous. Silver helmets, you'll fit right. You know, if they if they're if they're still wearing those at all, they'll you'll you'll feel right at home as a Raiders fan. Gosh, how crazy would it be if uh, we see twenty twenty two as Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Deshaun Watson all switch homes? Very possible, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Twenty twenty two could be a wild uh, off season. But thank you, Man eighty five City, uh, showing some love in Oakland, California. Um, very generous, and uh, we appreciate you there. Um, but Seth Williams. He's one that I'm probably the most excited to watch this this year for this upcoming training camp because the bottom of the wide receiver room is loaded and he's going up against he's a big moment guy too. Mm-hmm. Is the thing you know he had game winners you know first down extensions. He's a big moment receiver. He's not afraid of the of the uh, of the situation. So I, I thought he was you know six round. I think rings a bell. Um, yeah. Yeah. Seattle left the AFC West. Reason enough to root for him. There you go. That's, that's reason enough where you can pick them without feeling like, you know, you're not going to pick the Chiefs, you know, who, who might be around. You got to you got to go out of co- out of division, maybe even out of conference to pick a second team if you're an Oakland fan. Um, but but Seth, Seth Williams is a big play, not necessarily explosive play, but a big play. I need to move the sticks. I need a first down. Who am I going to who, who am I going to look for in clutch times? And, you know, we talk about biases. I said one of my biases is always a big receiver because they're always open. You know, they can, yeah. they can always get open by simply by using their body. So I, I, I'd i be very curious to see how he acclimates to uh, an NFL training camp. And uh, he's going to have a tough field to till to make this roster because this team is so deep. Um, we're talking about uh, – Hopefully he'll push Spencer off the roster. They're totally different, but because of how the math works for the roster, that's very possible. He's oh, also going to have to beat out Warren Jackson. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. Even even though you know it might not be a fit here, he needs to go out and prove that he could be a fit somewhere. People are mm-hmm. self scouting all the time. You know yep. they're scouting internally, um, and he can go out and say you know even if he gets if it gets waived or doesn't make this roster, he can still go out and earn a spot somewhere else. You know, so it's imperative that he he grows up. For lack of it, takes advantage of the situation he's got in uh, in Denver, because there's not any pressure on him as a six round pick. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, maybe some pressure though, because the uh, the way his his arc should be set up is he's going to take the place of one of Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick after this season. Um, not like you can't fill their shoes, fill their shoes, but the Broncos are not going to be able to pay both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Right? There's just there's not enough money in the pot to do both those guys as, as what they deserve. Um, so you're looking for that backup X receiver, probably going to be Seth Williams, but he's going to have to earn it because the Broncos also have undrafted free agent Warren Jackson um, from Colorado state, big body, six, five, I think it's like two thirty. not a great route runner, not a great separator, but you're talking about a big guy, absolutely massive. And uh, one that had some uh, real highlight plays while playing for the Rams up in Fort Collins. So, uh, I would pick Seth Williams out of those two, but uh, he's going to have to go out there and earn it because the Broncos also brought in that undrafted free agent X receiver that could easily uh, displace him. And we know the Broncos recently, especially, um, have had a run of taking UDFAs, and those guys actually ended up being better than the players they selected late in the draft, such as uh, David Williams and Philip Lindsay just a couple years ago at the running back position. So, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of good storylines here. Um, and, you know, it all depends on the quarterback. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but we it's need, like we need we need we need good quarterback play for all of these things to come together the way we yeah. know they can. Broncos are going to need improved quarterback play, and again, they should. They mm-hmm. should at, at worst, 
you know, instead of 30, 31, 32, at worst, you should be looking at 18, 19, or 20. Yep. And that, that would be slightly below average, which would be a massive improvement, which would improve this team greatly. Yep. Absolutely. We got Mo Ron coming in here saying, uh, great show guys. Thanks. And keep up the good work. And everybody who's joining us late saying, Oh man, I thought I was getting here on time or a little bit late. Turns out I was way late guys. Uh, seven 30 is going to be the going forward. Uh, just cause I'm busy at work and things are happening here. So, uh, we're going to keep it going and it's Scott's totally fine with it. So, um, the new norm seven 30, just to have to wake up half an hour earlier, not too bad, hopefully. Um, and, uh, you know, we got the eyeballs in here right now, so it's, it's working out. Um, so yeah, appreciate y'all being here. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so the last thing I guess I wanted to talk on before we got out of here was the gosh, what was it? Offensive line. The other storyline I'm interested in watching, especially with rookie camp opening up is Quinn Miners. Where are they going to play him? Is he going to come out immediately snapping the ball, playing center, or is he going to be transitioning to guard early on? How does that transition look? Uh, what are the whispers as far as how he's picking things up? Because I'm personally writing off, writing off Miners for 2021 just because the learning curve is going to be steep not because he's not qualified or anything like that not because he's dumb it's just that's a lot to ask on him and i don't want to have unreasonable expectations for him early on but uh we could hear some stuff come out of this week where he's like oh my gosh he's blowing us away he looks like a natural there he he is picking up the playbook incredibly quick in the line checks and that and if that's the case you, you'll see me pivot quickly as far as what the expectations are and Lloyd cushion will be on notice but won't know until we get that information. Well, and it's good having the competition. Again, we mentioned competition at all the key positions and Cushenberry flat out said, if I had played better, this wouldn't be a, a, a question coming into camp. So he knows it's on him. And I'm, I'm, I really like that mentality that he had there. Like, listen, I didn't have a great year last year. Okay. Let's have a better year this year. So if you can keep <clears throat> minors off the field, you've improved. Okay, because miners can play. Miners is good. So if Cushenberry elevates his game to keep miners off field, that's a good thing. So again, unless you've got some strange personal stake in the player himself, you just want the production. So miners makes this team better. Whether he's playing or not, this team just got better with him on the with him on the roster. Hundred percent. Either by depth, competition, iron sharpens iron, right? Um, so and we got Mister Sir McLovin coming in here. Only if Locke makes the it to the top 10 Broncos country should become comfortable. Anything else is not good enough in our division. Let's be real. And uh, as unfair as that is to lock compared to the league, uh, it's probably true in the AFC West, right? Like you need to have, uh, I'll move it down a little bit. Top 12 quarterback play. If you don't have top 12 quarterback play out of lock or projection to top 12 quarterback play, you probably need to look elsewhere because Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are going nowhere. And, uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, it doesn't mean that they're going to win Super Bowls or multiple Super Bowls or anything, but uh, how good were the Patriots or those other AFC East teams when uh, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly were dominating that division, right? Like, if you don't have that guy, good luck, especially in today's NFL. It's even more quarterback-centric than it used to be. Well, and I look at it just a little bit different. Um, okay. Comfortable is not necessarily the word I would use when we're talking bottom half play. If you're if you're not top 10, then you shouldn't be – shouldn't ever be comfortable. So yeah. the, the word comfortable itself – uh, doesn't quite resonate with me because what I see is we're talking about a, an exponential improvement in the team's record from last year won't take top 10 quarterback play. Mm -hmm. it, it won't. If you get average quarterback play, you're going to see that it's a playoff team. I now, mean, does that mean you're still, you're, you're, you're still going to need if you're still bottom half, you're still going to need to make another quarterback. You're going to need to make a quarterback change. You're going to need to look to make a replacement to make a change for the next season. So comfortable, no, shouldn't should never be comfortable. Should never be comfortable unless you're a top five guy. I don't think it's realistic to say that Locke's going to make it into the top 10. That doesn't mean the Broncos can be a, can't be a top 10 team, mm -hmm. which is which is what we're shooting for here. Yep. Uh, so uh, let's get one more here from USDA before we wrap it on up out of here. Um, fantasy football question. Would you rather have the 12th best quarterback in stats or stream week to week? Um. Hmm. I guess it would depend on their, I don't know. What do you think, Scott? I think probably stream week to week if you're talking the 12th best, because there's going to be somebody where matchup wise, you're going to be able to probably find the sixth to eighth any given week. Uh, so but help the, me out here. What, what do you mean stream week to week? What's that mean? Oh, um, streaming week to week means you don't have an established starter. You're just picking off the waiver wire based on the matchups. So like whoever's playing the Jags this week, that's who I'm going to attack. 
Well, you, 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 12th best, how big are the leagues? Most of them are at 12 at most. So if yeah. you've got the 12th best quarterback, you should be changing your quarterback every friggin' week until you find somebody that's not 12th anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 12th's not good enough in a 12 man league. <laughs> so you should, you should definitely be, be moving in and out base unless there's a, you know, a curve, an arc going out. Someone coming off an injury, big receiver comes back, matchups, but you can, you can change every week if you're sitting there at 12th best quarterback position for sure. Or if you're sitting there with a quarterback and, uh, he's sitting there at 12th, blah, 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 but then he has absolute garbage teams he's going against in yeah. the playoffs. But then that's, just on that's still, that's still week to week. Yeah. You just happen to pick that guy because of the, the, the current matchups. But again, look at the, look at the arc. You know, I like to see guys getting better or let's see this way. Um, you know, see, see guys improving. You got a young quarterback that's, that started low and he's 12th, but he's getting better every week. That's someone you want to hold on to. So look at the trends, uh, look at the matchups, but no 12th, you're typically going to be a 12 to 16 at most you can probably do better than that. Yep. I a hundred percent agree. Well guys, uh, that's going to have to do it for us today. We're going to get on out of here. Um, thank you so much for joining us half an hour earlier. I'll make sure I messaged Chad to let him know that it's going to be earlier. So hopefully he'll correct the, uh, images, placards, whatever. Um, but seven 30, we'll see you again. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall, M H H. Also, while you guys are over on Twitter, follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Um, if you join us on Facebook today, first off, the shout out to everybody who gave the likes, the thumbs up. We got uh, Tim Rickard, Zarian MK, Linda Clark, Danny Trujillo, Jim Hinton, Ryan Yazzie, Benjamin Flores, Christopher Epinoza. After that, says there's six more. Appreciate you, Greg Smith with the heart. Aloha, Greg. Um, so appreciate everyone who clicked the thumbs up. If you haven't done so yet and you're joining us on Facebook, please do click the thumbs up. That helps us a lot. We, uh, we love you for it. Um, and also if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share. And after you're doing that, go over to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I will also post the, uh, the sub link. Oh, I posted it in our own personal chat. <laughs> That's the wrong one. Uh, the, the sub link right there. If you guys click that, it'll take you to Scott's channel. The season's upon us and Scott's going to have hella content coming out here yeah, so the, the latest video is the malik willis from high school that i went to see first game i went to see in georgia when i moved back here in 2016 watch it and tell me if you see a defensive back because <laughs> that's what he was being recruited to play at the time no 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 oh I, I needed to see less than one game to say that's quarterback <laughs> uh, i hope he does well this year because we need all the good quarterbacks we can get in the league too many of them going to baseball right scott well it's it's crazy i went you know, cutting my teeth in the state of Georgia. I went 10 years without a quarterback here. I mean, literally, there, there wasn't a quarterback from the state of Georgia. It was This was a running back, linebacker type of, everybody's running wing tees uh, type of state. And now, you know, we mentioned, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, you know, Malik Willis, you know, Deshaun Watson's 10 miles from Falcons camp in Gainesville, Georgia. You know, it became, this became a haven. This became the, the new PA, Pennsylvania South. Um, for those of you that I remember that are old enough to remember when all the top quarterbacks used to come out of Pennsylvania, that's what, uh, that's what the state of Georgia has become where, you know, from 2000 to 2012, 13, you couldn't find a quarterback down here. Now they're quarterbacks all the time. It's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Except, no, the, except, you know, with the Falcons to see what they can do once Matt Ryan retires. <laughs> Oh, man, well, uh, we got Robert coming back in. Broncos for breakfast rocks. Spectacular show. Thank you very much, Robert. That's really nice of you to say. And also your third super chat of the day, man. You are put your money where your mouth is. We appreciate it. Great show as always, guys, from Peter Middleton. Thank you very much, Peter. Um, who does everyone think the starting quarterback is going to be? I think you're going to see both of them eventually. Uh, that's probably unfortunate. But uh, based on the comments I've heard and some crowdsourcing with people closer to the organization than myself, I think Teddy Bridgewater will win it. But uh who knows? We'll see. It's going to play itself out. Tim Durr saying, good pod, guys. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, Jeremy saying, thanks, guys. See you at 730. Mr. Sir McLovin. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Tom, uh, we got USDA losing one and a half hours sleep on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, uh, that's why we have coffee. Broncos for breakfast. Exactly. Um, and Peter asking, any live things on YouTube, Scott? Starting starting next week, I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start doing mostly stuff around the Falcons, and I'll start doing stuff around the Premier League as well. Uh, anything that I'm doing with the Atlanta Falcons will also involve draft. So if I'm talking football, I'm, I'm, I'm always talking draft and I'm always open for questions too. Um, 
as a Falcons fan growing up, you had to be really interested in the draft because the team stunk. So Falcons fans are as interested in the draft as any fan base around. So you're welcome to any, any of the, if, even if it says uh, Falcons on that, y'all are still welcome to come in and talk draft. Absolutely. Um, well, guys, that's going to have to do it for us today. I want to give a shout out to Andrew Morrow, Robert uh, Rybel, three times, Michael Ronquillo, Peter Middleton, Mac 85 City, and Mo Ron for your super chats today. And, you know, shout out to everybody else just joining in the comment section, uh, clicking the thumbs up. I see now we're up to 20 there. Liking, subscribing, sharing. We'll see you guys again on Thursday. But until then, stay safe and go Broncos.